The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host, and I'm wearing a toboggan because it's freezing cold and it's that time of year. This is the Picks Podcast, the best bet show for Week 11. Joining me, as they do every week, to break down the best bets in every single game against the spread, Pete Prisco. Oh, it's the Tana White. Tana White. Pete Prisco and, the, and RJ White and Kenny White. What's up, guys? Hey. Sorry to hear it's cold there. It's nice, 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 about 70 degrees outside in Vegas. How's it in uh, Florida there, Pete? It's about uh, 78 today and a little breezy, but nice. I like it cold. I like the cold weather. I like bundling up. You don't have to worry about sweating. I'm wearing, t- I can like take this toboggan off. I mean, I wear like a short sleeve t shirt. It can't be that cold here. Um, anyway, RJ, how you doing, bud? I'm good. Enjoying the nice weather, nice November weather. Yeah, November weather's the best. Usually in November, you would be at a football game. Like I would spend my Saturdays tailgating at an NC State game. And what I would always do when I was at an NC State game is me and my buddies would gather around our tailgate. We'd make our bets, decide what college football games we're betting on. And then because you get crappy cell phone service, you can't like refresh the, 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 the Safari page or whatever. You can't refresh things very easily in the game, but you get push notifications. So I would go into the CBS Sports app. This is the best way to do it on Sundays, too. You go to the app, pick out what games you're betting on. You star them. You can get notifications for close game if you want. But you can also get game start, game end, game score change, quarter change, and, of course, overtime, all customizable options. And then you're sitting there watching the game. You don't have to be, have a computer up. You're just getting alerts when a score happens. And that's the best way to gamble, the most efficient way to gamble. Maybe it gives you a little look into – you know, get the lines in there, the over-unders, give you a little look into uh, when you might live bet as well. So make sure and download the CBS Sports app if you don't have it and use it to gamble. You can track our best bets on there if you want to and see if our parlay is a loser, which it was last week. Bad, right? Because we all uh, went, rot- went rotten last week. And obviously the CBS Sports app is free as hell. And you can watch HQ on there. You can watch Pick 6 podcast videos all free. No, it doesn't cost a thing. Only thing they had to pay is our salaries. I don't even know how they do it. All the money that Pete and RJ make. It's insane. Um, yeah. Don't try to get yourself out of that like you don't make anything. I don't want to hear that from, from Will Brinson. I'm just a, He's way overpaid for what he does. Oh, most <laughs> Well, I, I don't know about that. Oh, uh, well, I don't know about that. Maybe not. Uh, anyway. The uh, week 10 parlay was a loser. We had the Eagles minus three. They did not cover because the Eagles are terrible. Breaking news. Good uh, line value though. Game went to four and a half, five. So we were we on had the right, CLV. right That's side. True. The Browns, Nick Chubb would have covered, but he ran out of bounds at the one, one yard line. That was a big deal. He did the right thing though. Yeah, for sure. That was the right thing. Although you could have run out of the 20 instead of the one. 
It did get a little greedy with the yards. Uh, and then the Broncos Raiders over drew lock through four picks against a terrible Raiders secondary. And that game somehow didn't go over. It probably should have, but that's okay. Uh, Kenny led the way. The only guy above 500 a week, week 10 with four, a four, three and one record. I was three, four and one. Browns killed us. Prisco went two and four and RJ, oh, four and two. Gotta love it. Gotta love those, those Kyler Murray taking a knee instead of kicking the extra point. The push, the Chubb push. The, uh, the Browns, Ra- Broncos Raiders, which already went over. It just seemed like. What everything- about the Bears? The Bears should have covered that game. Bears should have covered. I mean, everything. It just seemed like it, it went the, the way. The Bears, if the Bears had any offense whatsoever, they cover. And plus, if he hits, if he hits Anthony Miller for what should be a layup, it's a, it's a, they cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So our, our assertion is that because the Bears suck, they should have covered. Is that what I'm understanding? If the Bears oh. were regu- regular bad on offense, then, then they would cover easily, but they happen to be like the one of the worst offensive performances I've ever seen. But that's I'm, on I'm us not happy. I had my, I had my first real bad week in a while, so I'm not happy about it. But you're still 15 games above 500. Uh, our buddy Jason Lockenfora had me on his uh, radio show on, I think it's one of five, seven. One of five seven the fan, is that right? In Baltimore? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Inside access with Lock and Four and Ken Wiseman. And um he was asking about us. I was like, look, Pete's nuclear. Fifteen games above five hundred, thirty seven, twenty two and one. Kenny, thirty three, twenty four and one. I'm thirty six, twenty nine and one. RJ thirty four, thirty one and three. So we are still well above five hundred collectively. We were due for a little bit of regression, right? Like yes. it was just going to happen. Yes, we like, were. Like I told you, I I knew it was coming. Yeah. For me. Got to avoid the rotten weeks. By the way, I was on, uh, real quick, I was on JLC's uh, po- uh, show on Friday, <laughs> right after he wrote that Philip Rivers should be benched on Thursday. And then <laughs> Philip Rivers played well Thursday night, and JLC doubled down. <laughs> he still thinks he should be benched. What? How? <laughs> Rivers has been awesome this year. JLC, you know, once he, once he finds a hammering point, he's going to keep hammering it until maybe one day it's proven right. Well, let's, uh, that's a good segue, Pete. I don't know if you meant to do that or not, but the first game on our list is Packers at Colts. The Colts, my Colts. Well, you, you can almost guess where this is going, honestly. My Colts are minus one and a half. Uh, the over, I think the Packers opened his favorites in this game, so it swung a lot. The over under 51 and a half. Pete, I, Again, I have to assume you would be taking the Packers here. You're going to give me Aaron Rodgers and points? Are you kidding me? This is stealing. Yeah, look, I know the Colts have played good defense, um, but I think this is an opportunity for Rodgers. He's getting everybody back. Lazard's probably going to be back. They haven't played together much this year. They're going to be able to light them up. I know the Colts have been good so far on defense, but this is a different animal. Uh, and I think defensively, they'll do a good enough job on Rivers and Gang. Uh, they're going to win the game outright. You're going to give me points. I'll take it. Rodgers and points is stealing. Yeah, Green Bay was favored on the look ahead line before Indy beat an overrated Tennessee team. Um, and so, and then it swung, you know, to, to Indy's favor. Cause I know Green Bay looked bad, but I mean, they, the D played well against Jacksonville and I'm not worried about the, the weather, the flat spot there. It's not like any, anything you're going to draw any conclusions on Green Bay there. So I think we're, we are getting value on Green Bay with an offense getting healthier, um, versus a mediocre Indy, Indianapolis offense. Um, 
And the ND's been great, but this is the best quarterback they faced all year. They faced Tannehill, Lamar, and Burrow. Lamar hasn't been great as a passer, so this is a whole n- another beast. Now, I am worried about the Devontae Adams injury. I did have the Packers as a best bet until he didn't practice on Thursday. I think it's a much easier team for Indy to defend if he's not out there. I still like the Packers, but I'm going to be, be smart and tease them up to seven and a half. Uh, so. Packers plus seven and a half is part of my teaser. I got Packers in one of my te- in, a, in a teaser as well, plus the seven and a half. One of my teasers, or no one, one my my teaser. Uh, Kenny, I don't think you have a best bet on this game, right? No, I'm right on right on the number in this one. I, I have Indianapolis uh, a point and a half better than Green Bay, and it's mainly because of the defensive side. So um, I'm right on the game. I'm right on it. I'll pass. I'll, I'll root for you guys. I'll root for the Packers. No, you're not rooting for me because I'm taking the Colts here, baby. Give me, give me Indianapolis minus one and a half as a best bet. Um, I look, it's, it's, it shouldn't be a blowout game either way, but I do think that Indianapolis's defense is one of the things we've seen with, uh, with Green Bay is that when they get punched in the mouth by a good defense, they kind of quit. It's a good team that can run, can drop back in some sort of zone coverage. And if no Devontae Adams, if he doesn't play, psh, I'll tell you, I mean, get play. the bet in now. If you like the Colts, get it in now. Cause if Devontae Adams didn't play, does that line move to three plus? I mean, he's worth a lot to the Packers. I say it moves, I say it moves to three if he doesn't play. He's worth a point and a half to me. So I'm, I'm moving my number to three if he doesn't play. All right. So if you like the Colts, get it in now because there's a chance that Devontae, like the line won't move if Devontae Adams plays, but it could jump to three if he doesn't play. He's that important. He's the best wide receiver in football right now. Um, and I think one of the key things, by the way, Darius Leonard came out and said this week that uh, he has been thinking about Aaron Rodgers calling Fred Warner the best linebacker in football for two weeks now. So, I mean, spite spot for Darius Leonard? Sure. I think he'll come oh, out. Oh, he's going to play harder. He's going to play much harder than he normally does. So this is going to be the one game where Darius Leonard plays well is what you're saying. I think you just like every other game where he plays monster Darius Leonard game. Right. Uh, uh, so he's going to play harder. Is that what you're saying? I mean, this is literally the foundation of Aaron Rodgers' entire career is spite and revenge and vengeance. And no, it's it, no. His career is based on being good. He's stunk coming out of Cal. He's fine. <laughs> oh my god! He needs to go to the Mike McCarthy School of Quarterbacking. Yeah, okay. And Darius Leonard's been good too. So what's he going to play harder? I never. I don't buy into any of that pregame garbage. Fine, Darius Leonard, pick six to the house on Aaron Rodgers. More importantly, Darius Leonard coming out with his hair on fire is going to be a problem for a Packers team that likes to run the football. I don't think as long as Leonard is healthy and in there, they will be able to run. And DeForest Buckner, they'll be able to run against Indy. I think the Colts will win this game. I think you see Phil Rivers taking some shots down the field to Mike Pittman. And uh this might be the spot. It might finally be the spot when Jonathan Taylor has a big game. Nobody's on him. Everybody thinks he's toast. I like Jonathan Taylor in this spot. Fast forward to a 2029, Jonathan Taylor on his fifth team. Because yeah, right. <laughs> he does. He says it every week. He says it every week. You would, you would <laughs> think the kid went to NC State as much as he says I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, Yes, I think Jonathan Taylor is ready to break out. <laughs> what, are, what are the odds Jonathan Taylor will be a running back for the Green Bay Packers one day? <laughs> Did Jonathan Taylor grow up in Raleigh or something? I mean, what the heck? Uh, Every week it's uh, something with Jonathan well, Taylor. Speaking of Raleigh guys, though, Naheem Hines had a big week. We talked about this on the DFS pod. I, he looks better than Jonathan Taylor right now, but the last time he had over 50% of the snaps um, in, a, in a game, was week one, and he immediately fell off a cliff there. So beware of expecting a huge game from my buddy, Naheem Hines. Rams at the Buccaneers. Monday night football. 
Bucks minus four. Tom Brady coming off a monster win, but may, you know, just blew out the Panthers, but maybe actually definitely the Rams coming off a bigger win in which they shut down, uh, the Seattle Seahawks over under 48 and a half. Uh, Kenny, that is a high point total, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's about average for the NFL this year in, in 2020. So, um, but I, I do like the game under. Obviously, defense is, is the key to the game. Both teams' defenses ranked in the top five in the NFL. DVOA right now as as the Rams number eight, but I think they're far better than that. Um, and it's a team that's playing slow. When you look at their snap counts, they're about 30 seconds uh, between snap counts. Their secondary has been outstanding, not letting teams get over the top. They completely shut down Russell Wilson this past week. You shut down Russell Wilson, you should be able to shut down. I, I think Tom Brady and his offense this week or slow them down. So, And it's such a big game. We like to bet big games under. Um, I, I think there's a lot of meaning to this game because this is playoff positioning. Both teams battling for first place in their respective divisions. It, it's just such a big game. National TV, Monday Night Football. Give me it under. Yeah, uh, the Rams are eighth in DVOA on defense, but they're first in net yards per pass attempt and points per drive. So they are a better defense than uh, than what the DVOA would suggest. The Bucks rank first in DVOA, uh, and they blitz more than anyone, and that's what Goff struggles against. So I, I'm completely with Kenny here. I love the under 48 and a half. With uh, Marpet likely still out, the Rams could have success pressure from the interior as well, and that could hurt uh, Tampa's ability to score. If I was doing the the line, I would probably lean to the Bucks, especially if I can get it at three to three and a half. I think some places have three and a half now, so maybe it's on its way to three. Um, but I like the under more. See, I like the Rams, and I just think the schedule maker didn't do them any favors. Remember, last time they were in the state of Florida a couple of weeks ago, they were awful against Miami, but. This team will get after Tom Brady. And I, I look back at that Saints game, and early in the game he had bad body language. They hit him a bunch, and he didn't like it. Well, this Rams team is going to get after him as well. I don't think he's going to like it. Uh, I think it's going to be a fun game. I also lean to the under, uh, but I like the Rams to – they won't win the game, but they're going to hang around. Give me the four, I'll take it. Yeah, I, I like the Rams in this spot as well. It's just – it's too many points. And looking at the injury report, which is out – fresh for the Buccaneers. Uh, Ali Marpet wasn't full practice. That's a big deal, especially against the Rams. Like they need Marpet back in there on the interior. Chris Godwin full practice of the finger, but I do worry a little bit that if, so don't we think that Jalen Ramsey will be just stuck on Mike Evans? No, no. He'll spend time on him, but they don't do that all the time. Okay. So you think, I mean, so he'll, he'll, I mean, I guess, do you, do you think, well, do you think the, the way the other will, corners play his butt off? You yeah. know, people keep talking about Ramsey. The other kids played really well. I mean, that, that's not the problem. The defense See, is my, just good. But I think more, if Marpet's not there, that's a big problem for, uh, with, with Aaron Donald in the middle of that line. So yeah. we'll see. If Marpet doesn't play, I think I would have the, the Rams on the best bat. I like the Rams anyway. Uh, do, do you I, like the under too? I do like the under. Well, let's put that in the parlay then. Oh, wait, I have the Rams as the best bet already. So yeah, but I'll yeah. Put the, yeah, let's put the under in the parlay. In okay. Pete, you have the Rams as a part of your teaser too. Your other part of your I teaser. I do. Yeah, it's Rams plus 10. So I got Packers plus seven and a half, Rams plus 10. Yeah, you like hey. that, don't you, RJ? Yeah. Um, I, I was a little you know, stumped on what to do with this Rams Bucks game. Like I said, I do like the Bucks a little bit more. So I didn't want to put the Rams in a teaser, but I, I think that's a pretty good one. Yeah. All right. Well, let's definitely, yeah, let's put the under in the parlay. Okay. Now, there's a chance it turns into a shootout. I just don't think it will. I think these two teams are going to try and run and won't find much success running the football and be fairly like Tom. When Tom Brady gets in one of those, he's getting hit games. He's yeah. 
starts to lose his accuracy, accuracy starts to get a little jumpy and you lose the, the explosive. As will, as will Jared Goff. He's going to be yeah. the same way. He's going to yeah. be jumpy too. Jared yep. Goff is, yeah, yeah. Tommy, Tommy doesn't like getting hit. What? Tommy doesn't like getting hit. He starts seeing ghosts. I, I wish that I could have like somebody like Tom Curran or Tyler Sullivan, like constantly. Like I, I would, I wouldn't mind having a Boston accent in my life on the regular basis. Like I find it very enjoyable to hear some. Like he's like, come on down to the harbor, have some chowder, huh? Tommy, Tommy, Tommy Brady. All right, moving along. I don't know what we're doing here. Dolphins at the Broncos. <laughs> Dolphins are a three and a half point road favorite. Somehow the over under here forty five. Kenny, uh, d- look, I can't handle these Dolphins fans anymore. Are they <laughs> like flies on poop and it is unbearable. Are you going to take, are they, I don't know if they're on you, but are you going to take the, the Broncos here or the Dolphins? Um, I'm a small play on the, on the Broncos. Actually not a small play. Actually, it's a, it's a medium sized play for me. Um, <laughs> and, it, and it is a, it is a best bet. Just the, the, the number I made the game one and a half uh, Miami, the favorite on the road. But boy, playing in altitude, I just think it's a bad spot for Miami. They're, they're on a nice winning streak. Um, but I, I again, I, I just think it's a bad spot, uh, going out on the road to Denver, always in that, that mile high altitude and, and Denver, as bad as they looked, uh, the last couple of weeks, it's, it feels like they need it. They need to come out and put a good game together. Their numbers are still okay on the, I, I think on defense right now, DVOA is an 11th best defense in the NFL. So, um, they can play. Drew Locke has got to take care of the football. He threw some really bad passes last week. So um, I, I got to see him turn it around this week. I just think this is a close game. I think it's a field goal game. And taking three and a half, I think the Denver's the only side you can go with here. This is uncharted territory for the for the Dolphins. They're not used to being a favorite. They're, they're always the hunter, not the hunted. Are we sure Locke is playing? I know he's dealing with an injury. It could be Driscoll. Or Rippon. Ripping. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll take uh, Driscoll. Ripping's Rip a little bit of a drop off for me. Well, so what would you make the number? Let's say that it's uh, it's. Uh, if if it's ripping, I would make the game three, and I'd pass. Okay, that's good to know. I, l- I like the under here. Under forty five is I have a best bet on. Denver's offense is not good. Thirty second in DVOA, thirtieth in points per drive, and now you know you have the uncertainty with the quarterback. Miami's offense has really been helped out by their defense and special teams, and maybe that happens here again if they have a bad quarterback. You know that they're playing again, but regression's got to come at some point. At some point, you're not just going to get one yard touchdowns and defensive and special team touchdowns. So this is a tough spot for Miami offense on the road. I agree against a quality defense in a in a tough place to play. Uh, so I think that leads to a lot more field goals than touchdowns. So I would go under here. Uh, under 45 is the best bet for me. Yeah, I don't love this game at all, to be honest with you, but I would lean to the Dolphins, not by a lot. I, I just think that they're on a little bit of a roll and balls bouncing their way. And we clearly saw how the ball didn't bounce the way the Broncos last week. So I would take Miami. I don't love it. Yeah. I mean, look, the only reason I'm taking Miami is because I just frankly can't take another week of Miami Dolphins fans hate tweets. Also, their defense is friggin' great. Like, are they just going to show up? Are they just going to not show up because they're in Denver against Brett Rippon or, and or Jeff Driscoll and or Drew Locke, who's, I mean, Locke's got a lot of talent and I, I'm not going to write him off or anything like that. But she, I mean, the guy is the ultimate, like he's, the, well, maybe not the ultimate because James Winston's the ultimate, but like maybe the second YOLO, like he's just a YOLO quarterback and Vic Fangio doesn't implement a very good offensive game plan. They, they just, they kind of like pucker up and limp around for three quarters 
and then they're down by 14 points. You're like, oh, I know, let's chuck the ball around. And all of a sudden they're piling up garbage time and they're sort of in the game. Maybe they win it because it's the Chargers. Maybe they get it close against the Falcons. So I'll take the Dolphins, but I, I do, I do like that lean towards the under. If we assume there's going to be at some point regression by the Dolphins defense from this scoring machine that is just putting up an impossible number of points. And I agree with Kenny that this is not a spot that they're used to. And at some point that has to catch up to them. Tua has, Tua is, is Tua good, Pete? Oh no. Looks it. Looks like he could be good. You said, you said Herbert was good after three games. As, as, let me ask you this. Has Tua looked as good in his three games as T- Herbert did in his? No. Okay. Then Tua's, there's Tua's your answer. I think, I think two is good. It could be good. It could be a good quarterback class. It could be. It could be a great quarterback class. So, Brinson, this is actually big breaking news here. Are you officially taking your Brinson stink off of the Bears and putting it on the Dolphins? I am, in fact, doing that, RJ. Thank you. I'm glad that somebody <laughs> recognized that. I am putting my official jinx, my official uh, uh, optimistic jinx onto the Dolphins. I would highly urge everyone else. I, I my, my picks are out there on the Internet. I wrote about it. I'm off the Bears. The Bears are trash now. The Bears are done. I finished the Bears off. They thought they had me. I took care of the Bears. They're five and five. They're Korean. You really went out on a limb saying the Bears were no good when they were five and one. Hey, look, I took a brunt. I took the brunt of hatred from people. <laughs> oh my I God. Put my, I put the bad juju on them and now they're five and five. Full stinks. Trubisky's going to have to come in. They're going to miss the playoffs. They're going to get walked down by the Vikings and maybe the Lions. They're going to they're going to finish dead last in the division. And when we do, all those clowns out there who were like tweeted us, oh look, the CBS guys, I'll pick the Bears to finish dead last. How ready you now? They're in first place in the entire NFC. Well, you're going to finish last, losers, and we're going to throw it back in your face because we're spiteful and angry and vengeful. And now it's your turn, Dolphins. I cannot Even, wait. By the way. Them. Debo the are coming pre- out of the buy now with uh yeah. with Brinson transferring the snake now. Bears are gonna De- go bears, lock bears are a lock and we Debo and uh got mad at me because I said it's the greatest accident in the history of football. Nick Foles. I just think you're a sad man, Pete. A sad man. Well, why am I sad man? It's a fact. It's an accident. He stinks. It's, it's a happy accident. He always stunk. He had a great little run. He had a, happen. If Keanu Neal this catches like, the this interception, like two parents arguing. Pete's like, "It's an accident." Debo's like, "It's a happy accident." We love if, uh, if, uh, if Keanu Neal picks off that ball in the middle of the field, you never have the accident. Lots, lots of ifs from you, Pete. Lots of ifs. Tom Brady catches that pass. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, he careered. He'll never, ever, ever live play like that ever again. He stinks. Works for me. And every day, Carson Wentz has to walk by a statue of him into his office. There's like 23 other teams that would love that accident to happen that never have a chance at a Super Bowl. Well, yeah. Um, but yes, RJ, the official, we've moved on from the Bears. It is on the Dolphins. I would highly recommend anyone listen to this podcast take a Broncos money line bets based on my ability to take down NFL teams at, at the, at the rate that I do. Falcons at Saints. Saints minus five over under 50 and a half. Pete, Jameis Winston is starting for the Saints. I am curious your thoughts on this game, but more specifically, how you think Sean Payton will approach, because I think this is a big, I think it's a huge storyline. Like how you think Sean Payton will approach the offense with Jameis Winston, whether it's same, different, dialed back, cranked up, et cetera. He's not going to change. Okay. You're going to let him throw the ball. Hey, look. No, no, but I mean like. Is he going to, the problem is he's going to stick Taysom Hill. He's going to stick Taysom Hill in there once in a while. Do you think he's going to like try to go vertical now with? Yeah, he'll take some shots down the field. Okay. I I think this is a great opportunity for Jameis to show he played in Tampa. 
And in Tampa, the defense stunk when he was there. He always was behind. So he threw a lot of pick sixes. He threw, he pressed too much. Now he's got a better defense. So I think he's going to be able to relax a little bit. We saw, we saw what Teddy did last year. Uh, he doesn't turn the ball over like Winston does, but we saw what Teddy did. And I think Sean Payton will get Winston in the best plays for him. They're going to score points. The Falcons defense is terrible. And I think on the other side, I think the Falcons are going to score points because they seem to be in a little bit of a rhythm. So I like Atlanta, um, in the game, but I really like the game going over. That's one of my best bets over the total. I'm taking the best bet on the Falcons. It doesn't seem like this line has adjusted enough for the loss of Breeze. I know Jameis is a, is a proven commodity at quarterback and one of the better backups in the league. He's a number one overall pick that did not get a second contract with his team. So if taken into account that maybe he's not one of the top 32 quarterbacks in the league, I think that's a big drop off for them. And the lines only adjusted like what a point and a half or two points from, from what the look ahead was. So Atlanta does struggle running the ball on offense. That's what you have to worry about there, but they weren't going to have success against a elite New Orleans rush defense anyway. Number one DVU in that stat. Now, the Saints defense is playing very well lately, but Atlanta is good enough passing the ball to keep up and get the back door, especially we'll monitor Calvin Ridley's self if Ridley is in. That's going to be a tough passing offense to stop. And Atlanta is playing well under Raheem Morris, and now they've had two weeks to prepare for their biggest you know, rivals over the last several years in that division. So I think they have a good shot of winning this game outright. Uh, I, w- I would be shocked if it's not a close game either way. So I'm taking best bet, Atlanta plus five. I'm going to be on the Saints because I can see this number continues to come down. Um, I'm, I'm looking at all fours across the board, but I do see a three and a half at a, at a local Las Vegas place that probably takes the biggest bets in town. So, um, I, I hope it comes down to three. I'd love to lay three on the Saints, but I'll be laying four, um, on this team. And I did my stuff earlier. Um, I passed on it because I think it was, was actually five across the board, but I made the Saints seven. Um, I did have a, uh, three and a half point adjustment from Breeze down to Jameis Winston. And I, I like what Pete said, you know, last year, Teddy Bridgewater stepped in and uh, did a nice job. And I think Jameis Winston can do the same type of um, effort that uh, Bridgewater did last year. Pete brought up in Tampa, you know, they were behind. He was throwing all over the ballpark at a lot of, a lot of interceptions, but a lot of that was just because that was really, was not a good football team and he had to throw it way too much. He's not going to have to throw it here. He's going to, he's going to be able to rely on, uh, of the ground game and um, and be able to pick apart a defense who's still not very good. Still, still, even though they played better since the firing of Quinn, still don't think the Atlanta defense is very good. So I'll, I'll lay the points. Yeah, Brady Quinn was pointing out that this is a better deep that they're playing a lot better in that, uh, on the podcast earlier this week, and that's fine. I mean, they are they are playing better, but that's sort of what the Falcons do is they suck early in the season and then they suck less later in the year. Um, I like the Saints and I like the, but I'll take the over as a best bet. I'm with Pete here. I think this, this turns into a shootout. Uh, Calvin Ridley's coming back more than likely. Julio Jones should be fine. That's going to give Matt Ryan plenty of options. Hayden Hurst is there. He can throw the ball down the field. The Saints defense has played, has looked better statistically. I'm not sure they're entirely better quite yet. And this is one of those games where the Falcons may be out of it, but they hate the Saints. These teams hate each other with some dirty, like Southern fried hatred. And trust me, when I know that Southern fried hatred is a real thing, it is spiteful, it is vengeful, and um, I expect them, just like me, I expect them to uh, to throw the ball over the place. And I think Jameis will take some shots, but feed Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. They'll have a ton of targets, and this game goes over the total 50 and a half. I would lean Saints as well. Now, uh, I think uh, right. Kamara, Kamara did miss practice on Thursday, so a yeah, little be worried about that one, I would think. Yes. Well, that means if Kamara and Devontae Adams miss practice – that means that Dalvin Cook is going to be 100% owned in every single like contest in DFS this week. 
And that's because he's playing the Cowboys and they are, the Vikings are minus seven over under 48 and a half. Pete, uh, we've got Dalvin Cook coming off a really impressive game against a good Bears defense. They did lose Akeem Hicks midway through. Um, but they've got, you got 30 carries. They're just feeding this guy right now and they're going up against a terrible run defense. This looks to me to be really, really fishy. I didn't put a best bet on this game, but I, I it looks so fishy that I'm going to be biting on the hook. Because I'll take the Vikings minus the points. That's a big number for a Vikings team that still has issues on defense. I know they play better. Uh, they've run the ball. Kirk Cousins, you know, look, he's so hot and cold, it's unbelievable. But it looks fishy, so I'm taking it. I'll lay the points with the Vikings. I like the Vikings too, but I'm going to be a little safer and put him as the other part of my teaser, teasing Minnesota minus one with Packers plus seven and a half. I guess Minnesota's good now on offense, number one in net yards per attempt, number two in yards per rush. Um, so yeah, they're, they're getting it done there. Dal- uh, Dalton comes back for Dallas. Uh, so that's important, but it's not like he played very well before the injury either. Um, so I am worried about Minnesota's cornerbacks, but uh, you know, covering all those great options that the Cowboys have, but their defense is 10th in DVOA playing better lately. Dallas D allows five yards per carry. I don't know how they stopped Alvin Cook plus those uh, Minnesota receivers. So I'm okay laying the points if you want to do that, but it feels right to tease it down instead. Yeah, I, I teaser. I think it's a great move on on Minnesota. There's a lot of value teasing them down to one, just winning the game. But I I like them as well, laying the seven. You mentioned all the right reasons. Uh, uh, the Dallas is is done. They know it. Uh, the week off, most teams you would think would be able to respond. Um, I'm thinking bad teams with a week off is probably the worst thing that could happen to them because they probably could care less about any of the games the rest of the year. Just a, a year that is a wasted season. So give me Minnesota plus the points. And, guys, I got to run. CBS is calling me. Sorry. No problem, Kenny. We'll see you later, buddy. They love calling Kenny early, and that's fine. I like the Vikings as well here. I, I think the idea to tease him is really good. And um, I like that the Packers tease. I like the Colts, obviously. I don't know that the Colts are just going to obliterate the Packers. Colts and Vikings tease is, uh, I mean, Packers Vikings tease is very interesting. I, one of the first things I'm going to do the second that it's available is take the over on Dalvin Cook rushing yards and probably the over on Alexander Madison rushing yards. He, they're just giving him the ball as much as he wants it and he doesn't care and they don't care. And he's going to run for 150 yards in this game, even if he only has 20 carries. So give me the over on Dalvin Cook for the next three Because he didn't run very well on mon- uh, Monday, and he still got a bunch of yards. Yeah, but he still got 95. And, I mean, he ran he well. Had 30, how many carries did he have? 33? 30 even. Yeah, terrible. Too many. You would you would think in a game where Vikings are, are favored by a lot that if they are up big, they would rest him a little bit, you know, and not try to wear him down because they are a playoff. They are in the playoff race now. So why are you going to get Yeah, they got Carolina and Jacksonville the next two weeks. They're, I don't disagree. Going... Counterpoint, if they're up big, how do you think they got up big? Yeah, no, that'll help, obviously, but I don't think you're getting 20, 25 carries. If they're a big, it might be a 15 carry game for him. And then you just let Madison eat in the, in the uh, He gets out. 20 carries. He gets 20 carries. I, 19 carries worse. But he'll get 16 times six. Carries. What's that? He'll get 20 carries. I mean, 19 times six is 114. That over under is going to be like 93 or something. Yeah, he probably will, but what if they, what if they get up, you know, 17-3 or 14-0 because of deep passes to Justin Jefferson because Cowboys can't cover anyone. So. They're not going to do, they're just going to run Dalvin Cook. Just take the over on Dalvin Cook. Don't think, don't blink, take the over on Dalvin Cook. That's my approach for the next couple of weeks. You know, it's going to burn me week one, I'm sure, because you guys are pointing out that it might. He's going to. You know, I would take the, I would take the over, I would take the over on his rushing yards as well. Depends on what the number is. 
It'll probably I mean, be, if it's 120, no. It won't be 120. It'll probably be 95. 97. It might be 97. Yeah. I mean, Derek yeah. Henry, we've seen Derek Henry over unders have been like 103. Yeah, that'll those go are over ridiculous. 97. He'll go over 97. I think so too. I think you'll have a 100 yard rushing game. So if it's under 100, take it. And they won't, they're not going to go to like 110. People will hammer the under. Um, okay. Moving along. Titans at Ravens. Ravens minus six and a half over under 49, Pete. The Ravens haven't looked good on offense at all. Their passing game has been dreadful, but the perfect tonic is coming to town. <laughs> the Titans are terrible on defense. And they've had their little games where against Buffalo where they played their zone coverage and it worked, but they're bad on defense. And they can't rush the passer. You know, Will Brinson, you and Jadavion Clowney have the same number of sacks this year. None. <laughs> and they can't get after the quarterback. Lamar Jackson is going to bounce back and have his best passing game. Marquise Brown is finally going to get a bunch of big plays down the field. And this game is going over. Uh, remember, the Titans ran the ball really well last year at, in that playoff game, obviously, with Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill didn't throw for 100 yards. He will have to throw for much more than that in this game. I'll take the over as one of my best bets. Yeah, I've been fading Tennessee a lot as I thought they weren't as good as their record, but this is a good spot for them. I think Baltimore is dealing with a lot of injuries up front. Um, the O-line is a mess. So even though t- Titans have – I've been predicting the Titans' defense is tonic for a lot of offenses in games, and it hasn't worked out. So just because you're playing the Titans, I think you still have to execute, and that offensive line has been, been a lot of a mess. Like I said, the D-line may be healthier here, but I think Campbell and uh, Williams have both still been missing practice on Wednesday and Thursday, so who knows if they play. Um, this is a tough matchup for the Tennessee offense. You're right, Ryan Tannehill going to have to do something. They've been able to get to 17, 24 points in bad matchups. And I think that's enough to cover a six and a half line against the Ravens offense that I don't have as much faith in as I did earlier in the year. Um, so yeah, if the O-line remains an issue, I think Titans are definitely going to cover this game. So I have the Titans as the best bet plus six and a half. Wow. Um, the line's a little stinky because it's like begging you to take Baltimore, right? It's like, oh, look, six and a half. That scares me a, a, a little bit. But I agree, Pete. Lamar Jackson has a huge game here. We talked about the DFS pod earlier this week. Lamar Jackson, Marquise Brown. Nobody's going to want to stack him because they've been so disappointing. They're so, he's so expensive to play in DFS. Marquise Brown is, lays turds every single week. This is the week. Titans can't cover anybody. You take deep shots on them. They need to get right. They need a, they need to run into, uh, you know, someone at 2 a.m. at the bar. Break the slump here. The Ravens do. And you know who's, you know, there's no better slump buster in the world, Pete, than Mike Vrabel. I'm just kidding. Mike Vrabel's a good coach, but that defense stinks. Lamar does not. I will take, I'll take the Ravens. I, I think Tennessee will score enough, but I don't know if I want to get involved in the over. I got no plays on this game, but I do like the Ravens to cover if I had to pick one. Eagles at Browns. Browns minus three over under 47. Pete, what do you think? I'm probably in the minority in this game and I've gotten a lot of pushback already by picking it. But I'm taking the Eagles from the, from the fa- Browns fans. They're, they're obnoxious too at times. Yeah. Um, I'm taking the Eagles. I think that was a, just a terrible showing last week against the Giants. I'll give them that. And I thought they get guys back. They're going to start looking like the Eagles again. And they were bad and the game was coached poorly. I think in this game, they're going to regroup, get on the road. I don't think the Browns are that good. This line tells you that they're favored by three. That's the home field advantage or close to it. And I don't think they're going to be able to run like they've run on everybody else. 
I think this will be a game where the Eagles hang around close. And in fact, I think they win the game. I won't need the three points. I have a best bet on the other side. You you laid out all the reasons to not like the Eagles with how bad they look. I was on them last week. Not gonna fool me one. Shame on you. Fool me twice. I'm not doing it again with the Eagles. Um, yeah, I, if it was one thing was an issue, maybe two things was an issue. Maybe they could get that fixed in a week when everything is an issue for that offense and just to have so many problems. I don't have confidence they're turning it around, you know, in, in seven days. Um, I don't have confidence they'll slow down this talented Cleveland rushing attack, the Chubb back. Um, so maybe this is a week that Eagles often shakes off for us. Wentz has to play better though. Um, they can run the ball. Eagles can run the ball. They're fourth in yards per carry, but the Browns defense ranks seventh in yards per carry allowed. So pretty solid at defending the run. Cleveland has a pair of blowout losses on their resume. And so that, that takes into account why their point differential is so bad. They have a negative point differential despite their record, but it's because they have blowout losses against the Ravens and Steelers. Uh, those are top teams, you know, uh, you know, that they've had to play. Philadelphia is not a top team. They're in the, the, the bucket. Neither of is used to know and they struggle with them. Yeah, that, that was a win. That was completely a win game. You know, that was a severe. But that plays into their, that's an advantage for them because they run the ball and, the, and Houston wants to throw it. Yeah, you would think, but you know, and yeah, they should have had more points in that game, but the defense played really well, zero points, you know, up until the very end. Um, so yeah, I just, Browns minus three. I like the Browns. I think they're going to win by a touchdown. So I'm going to make them a best bet. Um, I was going to read something from our friend of the podcast, Cody Benjamin. We wrote this at uh, CBSSports.com this week. The short answer, this is a total team effort. The Eagles, despite their your fleeting memories of their magical 2007, 2017 title run, have been just clutch enough to hover above mediocrity for two and a half years running. Since Doug Peterson and Nick Foles hoisted the Lombardi Trophy and rewrote Philly sports history, the birds have gone 22, 20, and 1, including the playoffs. That doesn't absolve the 2020 Eagles of their shortcomings, but it speaks to a greater issue. This team's warning signs have been pulsing for a while. The emphasis there should be on signs, plural. The Eagles are not generally underwhelming because of Carson Wentz. They're not generally underwhelming because of Doug Peterson. They're not generally underwhelming because of General Manager Harry Roseman. They're generally underwhelming because of all of them. This, folks, is a failure at every primary level of leadership. My God, Cody, he set the Eagles on fire. Now, uh, does Cody mention all the injuries they've had the last two years? No, but I, if Cody is setting the Eagles on fire, I ain't taking the Eagles. That's <laughs> all I'm telling you. If Cody's burning the Eagles down. Why, is he an Eagles fan? Yes. Debo, well, what do you then think? That's, then he's getting angry. He's the angry. That's an angry Eagles fan. That's Believe correct. me. Talk about Arizona State. I can say the same thing about that team, too. Angry Eagles fan. Right. I, I love NC State until I'm angry. And then I'm just like, right. these guys are Yeah, angry. these are terrible. Recruits start paying players, please. <laughs> Debo, uh, your thoughts on anything Eagles related, whether it's Cody's piece. Well, first, I'd love whenever we can make Arizona State and Eagles comparisons. That just makes my heart happy. Um, second, I think Cody's a little overboard there. Some of those those points are fair, and it's it's a combination of things. But uh, I'm going to give Pete some credit, too. There's some extra factors that we have to mix in there. I don't think it's all doom and gloom. It, it's not great. And one of the things he didn't mention is, and I think the biggest thing, is just the lack of an offensive coordinator. Missing Frank Reich, that's the missing piece since 2017, which isn't good. You know, you, you need to replace him at some point. He's gone. He's been gone for a while. Find something to fill that role, and I think you're back on track. By the way, Debo, uh, at least I would be able to admit it. If Arizona State won a national championship with like some third team quarterback coming off the bench, I would admit it was an accident. Okay, he, just admit I'm, it was an. Accident. I am admitting it was an accident. We know Nick Foles is not going to be in the conversation for the greater quarterbacks of all time. He had one of the greatest Super Bowl performances of all time, and that's all that matters to me. Correct. 
That's give that's me, fine. We'll give you that. I have never denied. Are the tears going to flow was, again as you say that? I was never denied <laughs> that it was a little lucky. I'm getting a little emotional now. But yes. it, it was. He went. He went. Turn on your video, son. Joe Flacco for a few games. That's all that matters. That's fine. Yeah, he's got a ring. I'm yeah, happy. Joe Flacco was actually good in the playoffs in other a lot of other games too. I mean, Nick that was dominated the Vikings in the conference championship as well. Yeah, he and then he was terrible against the Falcons. So he, they, you know, they won. His I, I, like I always like to say, his loss to the Saints, his loss to the Saints in the playoffs is the perfect Nick Cole, Nick Foles. Uh, game really bet was it really good to start the game awful for two and a half quarters then got really good at the end of the game and couldn't bring him back remember I mean, they had the fumble they they probably win that game if alshon jeffrey doesn't let the ball but bounce that's off. just the point he's not that all good. right all right this is a picture not an eagle show okay well i don't want to make him cry again yeah no, that too um i'm good look the point being is that the eagles are in trouble i think i would lean towards the browns uh, this game, look, on this game, wait and see what the weather is. It looks like it's going to be sub, uh, 10 degree, uh, winds. We've had 15 to 20 mile per hour winds the last two weeks. The game's going way under. Total's hanging around at 47. It was starting to drop. Uh, if the winds aren't bad, then maybe it goes over. I still don't think there'll be a ton of scoring here. Um, the Browns don't, the Browns don't match up well against the Eagles. Though. They want to run the ball and you can't run against the Eagles. That's, that's a problem. It's all on Baker. What's that? The Browns can run on the Eagles. I'm not worried about that. Okay. Then do you, do you like, do you think Nick Chubb will have a hundred yards? Mm, sure. Okay. Well, maybe take the Nick Chubb props too. All right. Moving along. Oh, no, we're not moving along. We're going to take a break and we're going to say goodbye to Pete because he has Later. a superstar of CBS Sports HQ. He has tons of things to do. Are you going to go on HQ in a t-shirt? No, I got to change. I got to get off of here. That's what's going to be. All right. Well, I'll see you next week. Six and oh for me this week, by the way. Six and oh. Sure. Take it to the bank. See you, buddy. See ya. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, so we got rid of the the riffraff here, RJ. Time to break down the rest of the games. Uh, Two procedural points here. One, both of them pointed out by you because you're the only one who pays attention to this and actually has a semblance of knowledge about what's going on 
around you. Whereas I just sort of float through space in this toboggan, take pictures of my TV, drink IPAs and hope that everything works out well. You're truly Homer, Homer Simpson sees a, a flashing, you know, bright light and goes chasing after it. Or what? Homer a Simpson squirrel? goes to the thought bubble in your head with a monkey playing the symbols. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, Vikings minus seven. We're going to put in the parlay. So, uh, what was it? Oh God, I already forgot what the other game was in the parlay. It was in over. Uh, Titan, Titans, Ravens. Kenny had a best bet on that too. He couldn't stick around to talk about no, it. No, but- I mean, what was our first game in the, in the parlay? Um, first game in the parlay was the under on Rams bucks. That's right. Rams bucks under and the Vikings minus seven. And then RJ and I will find one more that we like to throw in there that we think Pete and Kenny will be on board with as he point, as RJ points out, Kenny is on the under in Titans Ravens. I tend to agree with him. 49 is high. I know the Titans stink, but like both those teams like to chew up clock and. And I always like to see the, when those two are going head to head, cause they're the top two in our little picks competition here. So one of them is going to get a loss in that one. That's right. Unless they- uh, we will move along to a different game though. Patriots at Texans. The Pats are minus one and a half headed to face the fighting Bill O'Brien, the fired Bill O'Brien's, the fighting Romeo Cornell's, the over under 48 and a half, RJ. Fighting Romeo's is not a bad team name. If uh, Washington wants to, to try that out and see if they like it. Washington- uh, I have a best. What's that? The Washington Fighting Romeos. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I have a best bet here on the Patriots minus one and a half, but the Patriots now have the worst DVOA in the NFL on defense. How is that? How is that possible for a Bill Belichick team? I don't know what he's doing. And, and see, yeah, some players opted out and, uh, you have to deal with that. Gilmore's missed a few games, but at some point, you know, it's still Bill Belichick. How, how is this team last in defensive efficiency? Um, but they're not a terrible defense because they've had success creating turnovers. They're number one in turnover percentage and Houston's offense ranks 25th there. They're not great at protecting the ball. Um, Houston's terrible defending the run also 32nd in DVOA and yards per rush. So they're bad efficiency wise and they're bad per carry. I think New England's going to pummel them on the ground. And the, so it comes down to the Houston pass offense. Are they talented enough to beat the New England defense that has struggled, but they don't haven't played up to the level of their talent. I think they are talented enough, but they always seem less of the sum of their parts because Houston just seems to struggle. Uh, it's a bad spot for them. They play early Thursday game next. They know their season's over. I don't think they get up for this game. I think they have trouble against the mastermind here and, and Belichick wins this one running away. Uh, I like the Pats a lot too here, but I like the over more. And I, I agree with you. I think New England will pound the ball. It's going to be a lot of Damian Harris. I actually don't think they'll run Cam a whole lot in this game because they believe they can, you know, use a traditional running game to carve up at just an awful Texans run defense. Now, maybe Damian Harris is banged up and it ends up being Rex Burkhead, um, and like JJ Taylor or something like that. But I think they will run traditionally, use Cam a little less frequently than they might in a must win game. And they'll try to shorten the clock. Now, that's a problem if you're taking the over, obviously. But I think New England will get to 24, uh, let's say 28. I think New England will get to 28. And then I just don't see how the Texans won't find 21 points in garbage time, worst case. So I think the Harris, pay- is it a Damian Harris DFS game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If he play, yeah. if he's healthy, yes. Smash Damian Harris. Yeah, I love him this week. Yeah. I mean, the, every week you look at the Texans and they give up an unholy amount of rush yards. And like guys just break long runs against them. I, but do you think they'll use Cam? I feel like they won't run Cam. I think they will if they need to get ahead and win. Like, I don't think it's going to be like a, uh, 
the primary way that they move the ball, running the ball, because you don't have to with Houston. You can run it traditionally. But I think, uh, you know, if, if they need to run him, they'll run him. I don't think they're, they're that worried about, about, you know, his. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it, if it's a situation where they have to, like they find themselves in trouble and need a big drive, I don't think they'll shy away from using him, but I think they would prefer to limit the wear and tear on Cam in a game like this. Go in, pound the ball, Damian Harris. Don't care about Deshaun Watson's garbage time. Get one pick late. Come out of their 28, 21 win. And that gets you over, maybe it's 35, you know, 28, whatever it is. And th- that's how you get your over. I, I, with you, I like the Patriots as well a lot here. And Jets, I know Pete, Pete took the Patriots on the expert page too. So you want to throw them in as the third leg for the teaser? Yeah. Although Kenny hates the Patriots. That's true. Maybe, yeah, Kenny would probably veto that. Yeah. Um, Jets at Chargers. Chargers minus eight and a half. The over under is 46 and a half. I got to tell you. Boy, I'm on a lot of overs here. I like the over in this game. Yeah, I think this is a spot where Justin Herbert, the freshly shorn Justin Herbert, and his new 10-year-old haircut, throws the ball to Keenan Allen a ton, takes some shots to Guyton down the field. They score a bunch of points, and the Jets answer back with some shots to Denzel Mims. And it just ends up being like, I don't, I don't know that I, I'll take the Jets against the spread. I don't love it, but I think this is a game that turns into a sneaky shootout. So you don't think this is a case of Samson having his hair shorn and I am concerned power. about that. Yes. Yeah. That, that I would be worried about that too. I don't know. I need to see a post haircut Justin Herbert perform before I can fully back him. Um, I feel like you're not even kidding either. <laughs> I'm kidding, but, <laughs> I, but uh, yeah. Uh, the one problem I have with the overs that uh, the Chargers D is getting healthier. Harris is back from the IR. Chris Harris is a key part of that, that defense and coverage. Bose is practicing in full. I don't think he's been cleared to return from concussion, but when you have a full practice, that that's basically a, uh, uh, you know, just write it off. It's going to happen. You know, when, once he gets the independent neurologist clearing him and that helps an already solid pass defense. Jets finally had a functional offense versus New England, but we, we've said that, uh, they're last in DVOA. I think part of that is because they got lit up by the Jets. Um, so they need to prove it's not a mirage. The Jets do for me. And the Jets defense doesn't have this cornerbacks to hang with the, the Chargers receiver. So I do think Herbert can shine. Um, doesn't this smell like the game that the Chargers typically lose? I mean, this is, this is 2016 yes. or 17 Browns, whatever it was when they, they, they lost to the 0 and 13 Browns late. Are you in the suggesting season. this is the game where the Chargers like cover easily? No, no, no. This is the game where the Jets win. This is their one win. Oh, no. I agree completely. I think the Jets win the game. Like this, this is, is, this is exactly the spot where the, char- the Chargers lose this game a hundred times out of a hundred. Yeah, so this is a winless team. They're an eight and a half point favorite. Joe Flacco starting. There's like rumblings about Michael P. Ryan replacing Frank Gore. Herbert cuts his hair and everybody's going to blame Herbert cutting his hair for the, for the Jets finding a win and the Chargers losing. Yes, absolutely. I agree with you a hundred percent. I love winding up narrative, Brinson, because I know I'm going to get a, a, a nice train of thought there. Um, so yeah, all the numbers say Chargers should cover this. And I think it is moving up from eight and a half. I think it might be nine, nine and a half. Um, so even at nine and a half, I'm not teasing it down either because Chargers, if they win, it could be a three point, two point game. Um, so yeah, this is a stay away from me. I don't want to mess with the Chargers here. If I play anything, it's going to be the Jets. Okay. Uh, yeah, I agree. I can't, you just don't trust the Chargers to cover <laughs> a nine point spread. That's, it's ridiculous. The Steelers, speaking of teams that can't cover huge spreads against bad teams, the Steelers minus 10 at the Jaguars over under 46 and a half. I, I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, this is another one where the line seems like it would be value on Pittsburgh. I think my raw numbers, I had them at Pittsburgh minus 13. So it would be like, yeah, go hop on Pittsburgh. But 
are you really going to trust them in a sleepy spot knowing what you know about Pittsburgh? I mean, Jacksonville had a close game last week, but they didn't play well despite the final score. I can't trust them to score against the Steelers defense. And Pittsburgh should roll against a bad defense. That's 32, 32nd in net yards per pass attempt. But who knows about the spot? Who knows about the travel and all that? It's also a look-ahead spot. They have Baltimore on Thanksgiving, Thursday night football next. Um, that's the huge game for them. So they could get caught a little sleepy here like Green Bay did and win this game by four or five. It wouldn't shock me. So I'm just staying away from this completely. Yeah, I wouldn't touch this game. Um, uh, Heath Cummings pointed out in the DFS pod, it's po- like Ben Roethlisberger is throwing the ball a ton right now. It's possible we're in a stretch where Ben is just sort of whipping it around and throw and it's, he's going to do that again. If he does that, I love the Steelers. If they're like trying to just go in there and steal a win and get to 10 and 0 and just grind out a James Conner win against the Jags, then I love Jacksonville because they just kind of hang around. I mean, Jake Luton's 2 and 0 against the spread. I know he's, I know he ain't got any wins, but he's just stealing these against the spread games. I, I can't tell what's if that's a mirage or if that might actually be a thing. I, I agree. I would stay away from this game. I, you just don't know what you're getting from the Steelers against a bad team. And the Jaguars are a really bad team. And what, if yeah, the, what, if the, what if the Jets win and then it looks like the Jaguars are like the, right in the mix for first place and then the Jaguars win? That would be hilarious if they both win on the same day with Ooh, one combined win all season. I don't know that I trust Luton much, but, you know, I know he had some plays in his first start, but that second start last week, that wasn't a good game for him against Green Bay. Green Bay dominated that game defensively and they got points off of special teams, I think, or, or defense or whatever it was, but, uh, they shouldn't really be, have been at 20. They shouldn't have been in that game at all. So just out of curiosity, I want to see what a Jets Jaguars money line parlay. Woo! Hundred dollar Money line parlay of the Jets and the Jaguars would pay out two thousand one hundred fifty four dollars. It's plus two fifteen, or plus two point one fifty four. Yeah, yeah. two two fifteen to one. Twenty one to one. Twenty one to one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that's kind of tempting. That feels like a very weak eleven NFL thing to have happen. And then you can see the tweets. It's like like sports line. Sorry, no offense, but like you know, the sports line social media guys are like like like. Oh, $100 better and put this on this. And, and like, and then like William Hill comes out and they're like, we got a better who put four grand on the Jets, Jaguars, and of course the Rams money line parlay. Wait and see what happens on Monday. Well, you flip it around and be like, this guy lost his 10 leg parlay because Ooh. the Jets lost, you know, the Jets yeah. beat the Chargers and you're like, Oh my God, how, how did he lose it on that? Yeah, he hits a 10 leg part, like a 12 leg parlay and hit like 10 college underdogs and then just needs the, the Steelers and the Chargers to close it out. And it's like, and he loses them both or like, or maybe just one of them. But yeah, you get the point. That's a, that's a good call. Ooh, throw the Cowboys in there. What does that pay? Cowboys and Rams, Cowboys, Rams, Jets, Jaguars, money line parlay. This oh, is man. the week. This is the week for that too. I mean, it's the week before Thanksgiving. People are thinking about the holidays, what's going to happen there, and uh, some distraction there. It just seems like a totally 2020 week 11 thing to to happen, like you were saying. A hundred dollar Cowboys, Rams, Jets, Jaguars money line parlay would pay out twenty two thousand dollars one hundred twenty two thousand one hundred thirteen dollars. Not bad. I mean, where's the loser here? <laughs> All, <laughs> All of them. Yeah. I mean, what what is the other parlay? What is the all four to win payout. It's probably like five to one or something like that. It's crazy how these, these odds work. All right. Anyway, moving along. Don't bet on the Steelers and Jaguars. Bengals at, Bengals at the Washington football teams. Team. 
Washington minus one over under 46 and a half. You and I don't have best bets on it. Neither is Pete, but Kenny had a best bet on the under here. Uh, do you agree with him? Uh, I don't, I don't mind the under. Um, I think the Washington defense is kind of overrated. Their, their efficiency, their, their overall stats are good, but I just haven't been impressed by their defense lately. Um, it seems like that's when I expect them to rise up and, and help hold down teams like Detroit and stuff. It, it's just, they don't look, play as well as I think they, they can. The, their offense has started to play better and this is an easy matchup here. Um, but they do have a look ahead spot with, with Thursday game against Dallas, a huge game for that division, Washington versus Dallas in week 11. As we all knew, that would be a, a big divisional <laughs> game here with the teams having a shared what four wins. Um, so if, if to me, I would go, uh, Bengals. I mean, it feels like we're getting a team as a dog against an NFC East team. You want to take the points there. Uh, so I don't care that the Bengals have, have other struggles too. I'm just going to go and take points in a game where I, I'm facing an NFC East team. Yeah. I tend to think that too. I, I think Washington's probably no, actually I disagree. I'm, I'm going to, I'm taking uh Washington here and I, I don't, I like the logic and I really hate taking Washington laying any points at all. But I think that the offensive line, defensive line matchup here is too great to ignore. Like Alex Smith is not exceptionally enticing as a quarterback. JD McKissick lined up in the slot getting 42 targets a game is not what you want in your offense. Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, good. I think William Jackson could maybe limit McLaurin uh, fairly well. But I just think that the Washington O-line overpowers the, the terrible since he Washington D line overpowers the terrible since he O line gets to Joe Burrow and and we see Washington kind of cruise. We've seen them do that against teams with bad offensive lines. Now Burrow is much better than like an Andy Dalton, of course. Um, and I don't like betting against Joe Burrow, but I, I just I just feel like that matchup is is too big to ignore. And even so I don't take Washington. Even with the bad offensive line, I mean, he's been able to score points. I mean, we've seen in matchups like against the Browns, he's been able to hang with them and throw up 30 points when he needs to, even though you think that, oh, yeah, the Miles Garretts and Sheldon Richardson's going to eat him alive. So I'm not as worried about the, the the bad Bengals offensive line here because Washington hasn't proven to be an elite, you know, defense defensive line to me. It's just they've had too many question marks at this point. So I do think that Burrow and Higgins and that group can can score some points here and get the win. Okay. That's, that's fair. I have, I, I don't think it's something you, sh- I don't think some people should be out here like aggressively betting on this game. Right. Not a best bet for me. I just, that would be my lean. Yeah. That's fine. I, 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 I agree. Uh, Chiefs at Raiders. This is off the board technically. I think, um, Clyde Edwards Alaire actually missed practice. Elaire, excuse me, missed practice on Thursday with an illness, but, uh, reports sound like Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher, the two tackles. For Kansas City will be back at practice. Um, they should be cleared from the COVID situation, which means they should be good to go, which means I will be taking the Kansas City Chiefs minus six and a half as a best bet. I'll take it to seven. I'll take it to 10. I don't really care. When you hear Andy Reid say multiple times in his press conference that he was like, he references John Gruden having the Raiders drive their bus around the Chiefs stadium, like honking the horn and stuff after they beat the, the, the Chiefs in Arrowhead. And then you factor in Andy Reid off the bye. Andy Reid off the bye, because he is off the bye. And you add Patrick Mahomes against a bad defense in primetime. I want the Chiefs, and I want the Chiefs big. They are going to slaughter the Raiders. I think the Raiders are good. Derek Carr is playing great. I read an interesting NFL.com article this week where it's actually any any problems on the offense were not Derek Carr's fault. They were the, the fault of uh, multiple receivers. I don't know who wrote it. 
but you know, just an interesting take there. David Carr wrote it. And, uh, I just think the Chiefs blow them out here. I like the over two probably. Yeah. I didn't know that we could take best bets for games off the board. Otherwise I'd had two winners last week because love, <laughs> love Washington, but that was off the board. And as soon as it came up, I put it in on sports line. Uh, really liked the Steelers. I ended up putting that in before, um, before it came, you know, before the kickoff for that game on sports line. So those got two winners. And that's another thing about our picks. We send them, I send them in Wednesday night after I do all my research by the time we get to Friday and I do my Friday night best bets for sports line. Some of them change. So I had an O for this week here. I had a three, one in one week on my sports line best bets. So oh, really? So definitely, you know, sign up to sports line, uh, promo code white, as we always say at the end of these things and see where I am on Friday night. Cause that's after analyzing the injury reports and getting a much better handle on these games. Do you, um, hey, let me ask you this real quick before. Do you think that we've gotten, cause I don't think we've necessarily gotten by we, I mean, general, like the general public betting and talking about sport, like these games. I don't know that we've necessarily gotten to the point where we worry enough about some of these injuries that we see on Friday. Like, like Ali Marpet, for example, like Ali Marpet is a monster deal for the Buccaneers. And it, if Chris Godwin was out, it would be treated with 40 times the fanfare that Ali Marpet would be. But Ali Marpet is a way bigger deal being out than Chris Godwin. Yeah, that's why you see some of these line moves happen on Fridays. You know, I'm sure a lot of people are clued into that, that it's reacting to the injury report. Maybe some people aren't. And they're like, well, this line was minus three earlier in the week. Why is it minus six now? And it's because of these injuries. Just they start to add up. So, uh, yeah, that is a problem here. This game we know is off the board because of the Raiders COVID situation. I believe that all their defensive players are on COVID essentially. Um, it was six and, between six and a half and seven and a half before coming off the board. The uh, super contest gave out seven and a half. I believe the spots that have it up have it up at, at least eight, maybe even eight and a half. So it seems like it is trending toward the Chiefs there. I loved getting him as a teaser team when the line was up at six and a half to seven and a half because that was my number one teaser team. Get him down under three and you got to love him in the, in this game. Uh, so KC plus Green Bay is my top teaser when KC comes out uh, again and a revenge game for Casey after the the Vegas delivered their only loss of the year dangerous coming off a bye and you know do your Andy Reid chant if you want uh, I would play Kansas City at seven or less better as a teaser team once it gets to that eight range which where I think it is now it's probably going to be a stay away for me okay I'll take Andy Reid all day off the bye mad at John Gruden mad at the Raiders team he's dominated have you ever lost the Raiders uh I would think so I mean I, I can't tell you for sure I don't think he'd ever lost the Raiders with with the Chiefs. You're saying, right? Not just with the ever. Chiefs. Yeah, I don't think he'd ever lost to him since. I, I could be wrong, but I. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to. I don't think. I think he was like nine and zero against him. Yeah, Any anyway, he dominated the Raiders. They beat him. They drove their buses around the stadium. This is a huge game for the division. Secretly, like if the, the Raiders win this game, the division is wide open. If you think the Raiders can cover and win this game. You should go bet on the Raiders to win the division. Now, is it likely to happen? No, but you got pretty good odds on it. It's like 12 to 1, and they're not that far back. So um, something worth considering. One more game off the board. The Lions at the Panthers. It sounds like Teddy Bridgewater is not going to play. It sounds like Matthew Stafford will play despite living in a, what is apparently a dictatorship in, in Michigan. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. But uh, the line is – His wife's – I, yeah, we're, yeah. Lion is Panthers minus two and a half in the contest. <laughs> I, I, 
I saw Panthers minus one and a half on Wednesday before the Teddy news came out because Teddy was able to practice limited fashion on Wednesday. So it was like, oh, maybe he can play here. But yeah, news came out on Thursday. It looks like he's not going to play. And I've seen the line, the places that do have it up have like Detroit minus one and a half up. So expect Detroit to be favored here. Um, I would kind of lean that way. I mean, it's hard to take Detroit as a road favorite considering how they've played this year. Um, but if both those quarterbacks were able to play, I would look to the over. These teams are 31st and 32nd in points per drive. So you're talking about the two worst teams in the league in points per drive. Um, so maybe if uh, PJ Walker is a starter and named a starter instead of Greer, I kind of like PJ Walker. We saw him in XFL. He had some success. Maybe it still goes over. So um, over is a way to look depending on what the number is when it comes back out and just, you know, flipping from one and a half to Carolina to one and a half Detroit. I mean, it's not really that big of a move around zero. So if you, uh, if you think that that Carolina minus one and a half line was about right, I would, st- I would take Detroit at this point at one, at one and a half, if it comes out with them favored, because uh, that that's a pretty big quarterback downgrade to me um, just overall and zeros that's not really a three-point move because of the zero uh the raiders by the way Debo points out the raiders won twice in cd reed so i'm yeah it's 6 30 on thursday night one beer deep speaking out of my ass on a podcast what do you know blame it on the toboggan i'll but my ears actually are a little sore because the uh the the headphones are uh, that i'm wearing are compressing my my toboggan look here um, okay, that's all of the games. We have the Big Six Podcast Parlay. Oh, we need a fourth, uh, third parlay game. Uh, so we said not the Patriots, right? Let's do the Jets. <laughs> not the Jets. Why not? Let's see. Let's see if Pete, Pete, Pete chanted Jets on it. Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets on HQ. He last has week. Chargers minus eight and a half on the expert page. Okay. Uh, what about, who's he at the Pats? Okay. Uh, yeah, I think all three of us like the Pats. Kenny probably doesn't like the Pats. No, Kenny hates the Texans too. So that was our that was our initial lean. Sure, let's go Pats then. All right, so we'll add Pats to. So we have Pat. This is the Pick Six, the official Pick Six podcast parlay. Pats minus one and a half, Vikings minus seven, and the under in Rams Buccaneers at forty eight and a half. I love this part parlay. Back on track. What's that? We're getting back on track with that one to be our fifth hit of the year for parlays. We're already in the positive for parlays for the whole year. Um, cause all you, all you got to do is hit three cause they're, uh, they're six to one each and, uh, we've hit four. So, um, so this is going to be our number five and everybody's cashing checks at that point. When you're, when it's week 11 and you're worried you haven't hit a parlay in four weeks, it means you had, you had a good start of the season. Um, speaking of parlays. We hit so many of them that CBSSports.com or CBS Sports and William Hill partnered up to give us a, our own podcast parlay pick em contest contest. You go to CBSSports.com slash parlay. Use odds provided by our pals at William Hill Sportsbook. You can win a thousand. We give away a thousand dollars a week. It's open from Tuesday through, su- su- uh, Tuesday through Sunday. You pick five teams against the spread. You hit your parlay. You make bank. So we're going to give out my parlay. I'm not allowed to win, but I can give you a sample parlay. <laughs> They've lost every single week I've done them. Maybe this is the week. But to make it more enjoyable, I will pick six teams, and then RJ will throw one of the teams off. Here are my six, RJ. The Vikings minus seven. Love it. Yep, I knew you would. The Patriots minus one and a half. Love it. Jets plus eight and a half. Mm, Browns minus three. Love it. Saints minus five. Okay, that's probably going to be it. And Colts minus one and a half. Oh, Colts too. 
Yeah, it comes down to Saints and Colts with the Devontae Adams injury news and the long, the big, you know, injury stuff on the Packers. I could see the Saints, uh, the, the Colts winning that game. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Saints off. Saints minus uh, five. I think it's too much for them. All right. So we got two short favorites in the Colts and the Pats. Browns just minus three. The Jets is a huge dog. And then the Vikings just have to beat the pants off the, uh, the Cowboys. That's all I'm asking. Dalvin Cook rushed for a thousand yards. So again, our pick six, that's my parlay. We took the Saints off. The pick six podcast parlay is Rams, Bucks under Vikings and Patriots. Pete Prisco's best bets for the week. The scorching hot Pete Prisco, 15 games above 500, claims he will go 16 and 0, has the Packers plus one and a half and believes they will win outright. He would definitely money line him. He also has the Packers in a teaser with the Rams as one, as you would suspect. He has the Rams as well. Plus four, uh, I believe four against the uh, Bucks on Monday night. The Ravens over 49. The Eagles plus three in Cleveland. And the Atlanta, New Orleans over 50 and a half. Kenny White has the Titans and Ravens under 49. The Vikings minus seven. Bengals, Washington under. I don't know what the number is, but it's 45. 46 and a half. I like that number too. Broncos plus three and a half at home against the fighting Tua's and the Rams and Bucks under on Monday night. RJ's best bets are the Tennessee Titans plus six and a half, the Patriots minus one and a half, the Falcons plus five, Cleveland minus three, Miami Denver under 45, Tampa Bay Rams under 48 and a half and a teaser Minnesota minus one Green Bay plus seven and a half. RJ Seven best bets. Maybe seven of that right there. I like that. My bet. No, it's not. I take that back because you, no, I don't have anything against you. My best bets. Colts minus one and a half. Falcons over 50 and a half. Pats over 48 and a half. Jets over 46 and a half. Likes a lot of overs this week. Rams plus four on Monday night. And I wrote Chiefs minus whatever. Don't care what the number is. Chiefs are going to roll by 20 points. Maybe Derek Carr throws a, late touchdown and they lose by 14 and then his teammates get blamed for it in on NFL.com next week. That's probably what will happen. Wish you would have tried to put that in your little parlay there. Could have smashed it down with the since that game's off the board. Right, that's fine. It should be back on now that, that uh, the tackles are cleared. Right. I mean, I think the Raiders was the biggest issue. I, really, I, I already have the chiefs in. I bet on the chiefs immediately on like last Sunday or last month. This Monday, whatever it was. Uh, that's the show. Great stuff as always, RJ. We will, uh, oh man, you're going to see so much of me before the holidays. It's going to make you sick. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.